time being, 5.49, I would like to call the Economic Development Subcommittee meeting on May, May 4th, 2022 to order. Um, this is a steering committee meeting, so it's an EDC plus meeting. A note to residents, all citizens are welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. Additionally, in an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens will be able to continue to participate remotely via phone or Zoom. The meetings will also be live streamed by Franklin TV and shown on Comcast 11 and Verizon Channel 29. The link to access the meeting for May 4th, 2022 is on the agenda. Or you can copy and paste the URL into your browser where you can call in 1929-205-6099, enter the meeting number, ID number 8326773-2576, and then press pound. Tonight in chambers, we have Councilor Sheridan, Councilor Fangillo, and Councilor Jones, along with Bruce Hunchard from the ZBA and Greg Rondo from the Planning Board on Zoom is Beth Merrily from the Planning Board. Um, so today's tonight's agenda number one is just basically a discussion. I think the last time we met in these chambers, we had a lot of discussion. A lot of we we looked at the survey data. We had the data about the about the. Um, the MBTA, MBTA community, we were asked a lot of questions and it felt to me like we didn't have enough time to look at that data and think about it. And so what I wanted to do tonight is just basically take a breath and um, before we step off into the next phase of this project, to have people here if they want to ask questions, the, the steering committee would like to ask questions, or if they have comments, do you think we're going in the right direction? Um, what do you think if we need to do anything else? I, um, you know, I between the last time we met and tonight, I, uh, my dad was at home and he, he slowly lost all of his strength and he passed away and um, and I think that I just needed to take a break and, to, and to, for everyone to have a moment to be able to um, make sure that we're all on the same page. So with that, <laughs> um, did, you, did you want to say anything to Jamie or no? Okay. I don't, hmm? Just really quickly, uh, Madam Chair. I you know, it's a good pause in the project. I think we're roughly about halfway through. Um, I know Emma and the team there are probably putting a lot of work into the recommendations in the report. But I think you articulated to me one point, which is the board, uh, the uh, steering committee rather, has never really had time for a dialogue amongst yourselves about you know, where this is going, are there things that jump out at everybody already? Um, and so I think it was a good call to, to have one of these sessions. So. Happy to answer any questions, folks. Okay, thank you, Jamie. Um, well, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna speak tonight. I mean, she, you know, give us one of them Supreme Court. No, no, so there's no. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Bruce.
there's no presentation from Emma and the team tonight. This is really, this is really time for us to talk to each other to, um, to think about if, if there's anything different that we would like to happen going forward. And one of the things that I think about a lot is that we don't really have time to process the data. Um, we don't get it beforehand. I think we're all kind of used to having a, having it at least two or two days ahead of time to be able to read through it. I think we'd be able to then come up with questions and it might make it more efficient for us. Um, but I didn't, I, that's kind of my main feeling about it. I don't know um, if, should, does anybody want to comment or have a question about where, how do you feel things are going? Um, I can call on people or I, we can just have a free, this is just kind of like, just want people to feel free to talk about it. I know Beth already has her hand up. So let's, why don't we go to Beth? Okay. Oh, just a quick timeline question. So I think, um, is it the 16th we have our next forum over at the Black Box, correct? Correct. Yes. So at the Black Box, it is, uh, I guess I, I understand that MAPC will present to us, that's in two weeks, or a little over a week and a half, I guess, um, their recommendations for zoning. And tonight, we have about, what, 45 minutes to get all our questions and, and things in? Yep. Comments, it could be comments. It doesn't have to be ideas. questions, um, ideas. Just um, so for me, yeah. I guess, in my opinion, it just seems really quick. Um, I, I just don't know as though how how do we get that all done? Um, it's a lot of feedback has gone into this, and you know how we're reviewing things that are going to be presented to the public in a week and a half. From, I mean, just seems quick to me. Um, I'd like to know what's being talked about, what's going to be presented before we put it out there in the public and say, here's what we're recommending. How do we review everything and give our comments and, and fairly review everything in a week and a half? When we're just now on the 4th of May having our public, you know, our discussion here about what we think about things um, and all that, all the information that's been gathered over the course of the last few months. Okay, thank you for your um, input. Mm -hmm. I think... Um, Melanie, what's the idea of the, of the oh, 16th? Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> Bruce is... Yeah, Bruce, Bruce. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to move Bruce, because it makes me laugh. But I think Amy's gonna answer that for you, Bruce. But that's oh, a I'm great sorry. question. I knew I was gonna speak. Uh, if you don't mind, Melanie, quite hear what Bruce had said. What, could you repeat no, that? No, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It was just a joke. He wanted to know. He wanted to know what the forum is going to be about and what um, the purpose of the forum is that's coming up yeah. at the Black Box. I think that's a valid question as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mind. Um, and we're gonna. Amy's gonna answer it. Yeah, I'm gonna try to do my best here. So it's the second public forum um, to engage the public with. Um, some of these um, results that have come out, and also that there will be high-level recommendations for some of the zoning changes. Um, so, based on, they are working on a draft right now, so it's, it's in the works, um, as far as some of the recommendations that are gonna come through, and that we will get to the steering committee prior to 
the hearing, the public forum on um, May 16th, but it's also to gather the feedback from the recommendations as well. Um, that's why it's important that we get them out there. Um, we've gathered, we've taken a lot of input here. So it's input you know, from the survey, from the other public forum, from our focus groups. So we're, we're also including all of this within um, you know, coming up with these recommendations. So there will be, um, MAPC will be presenting some high level recommendations at the public forum and gathering feedback. Tonight we were hoping to get kind of um, feedback from, from the steering committee as things are going in the right direction. And is there anything more important to look at in one area than another? Is there any specific zoning you're hoping for or not hoping for? So, and whatever else, you know, I have to comment about it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Does that answer your question, Bruce? Yeah. Okay, great. It's going to be another three hours sit down at the dentist chair. So, uh, <laughs> so the, the meeting is high. It's hybrid. That was like the other one. So I may actually go to that one, but I'd, I'd be embarrassed if I fell asleep. We're going to be in the front or in the back. You know? you're going, you're, you'll be in, in the front. front. You'll be in the front. <laughs> I think Greg has a question. Can I comment on that? I, I think, Bruce, you know, people have taken a lot of time and effort into this. And while it might seem like a waste of time, it is nice to have the comments come in and, and value people's opinions, even if they're different than all of ours. And, um, you know, it, it is a lot of work. And it's a lot of work for the staff. It's a lot of work for MAPC. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of time out of people's busy schedules. And, you know, sorry, Bruce, but I, I just think that was a little not necessary. That's how it felt to me. Just wanted to let you know. Okay, okay, you guys. All right. Uh, Greg has a question. Uh, it, it, it's more in terms of uh, proximity of the areas that we want to target. Yeah. I think, I think potentially the outskirts is I think the uh, outskirts is what we're aiming for. More so much than places that haven't been developed yet, per se. Like we're going to be seeing potentially stole bits and other other places like that coming up. I think those particular parcels could be looked at as well. I know there is some requirements uh, for the downtown that they're looking for for some housing. It sounds like on the survey, they wasn't looking, people weren't looking for a whole lot of housing in the downtown. So they be zoning on it. I mean, it's just a, but what I kind of got, I think maybe we look at distances and plan for the future. And, you know, maybe, um, I just don't know, have we met the housing criteria that approximately 1,800 units? Has anybody determined that yet? I think and that I mean, we could get an answer to that. We have projects coming on board right now. Yeah. They're in front of the planning board. We have projects that just got approved and getting approved. So those are going to probably count for some of this potential too. So I think the downtown's going to see share of growth. I think the outskirts could be the areas that we look at. So you, just to, just to clarify it for me, yeah. <laughs> you'd like to see us think about further down, like um, east and west, east, west yep. central street, a little yeah, bit, a little bit outside more. of yep. the outside. Well, just just because those, there's some fossils that haven't been uh, built on yet, and I think those are the ones that we could we could take a peek at. That's all. Okay. Okay. I think. Um, just I think. Brian knows the answer to that. I was just going to point that out. Brian made a presentation at the council meeting, one of your meetings, yes. not long ago. And I guess he 
the way I heard them say it, it's not going to be hard to check the box for the density in the area that they're talking about, correct? We're going to have Brian come up and answer it. <laughs> Brian, you can sit at the table next. We're here to listen to you yeah. tonight, so that's okay. Um, Brian Spurn, Director of Planning and Community Development. Um, as far as uh, the MBT community uh, requirements, um, I think we could fairly easily change some of our where we allow a, a special permit for multifamily if you allow up to 15 units by right in those areas. You could almost immediately meet the MBTA requirements for that. For instance, in C1 and, and general residential five, you already meet it in the downtown commercial zone. So you could easily do that, but what if is that what's going to happen? That really does not for me to say. It, you mm -hmm. can end up in a totally different scenario by the time you're done. Okay. Right. So, and as far as uh, going up and down East and West Central, you know, I, we we set a the scope of work for MAPC uh, in you know basically you go two miles out maybe from the down, but that's way, that's even even that's far out. Uh, you know, so um, really was the focus was the downtown commercial and adjacent neighborhoods, essentially, right. in that area there. So yeah, so you talk, you talk about Stobarts or whatever, that's well outside the scope of work. Um, it doesn't mean that people can't comment and provide input on things like that, but it is outside their scope. And if they end up mentioning anything like that, in the report, um, fine, but I don't. I don't think it's going to. It's obviously not going to be their their prime uh, recommendations to do things in those areas because they're focused on the downtown core and surrounding neighborhoods. Right. Right. Thank you, Brian. Jamie. Thank you, Madam Chair. To Brian's point, um, just one quick uh, follow up. So it's not part of the study. Uh, because it was a concentrated area, but that does not, this, this study is just like the, all the other studies we've done on markets and, and various things in the last couple of years. It doesn't hinder at all this committee or the EDC or the council or the planning board from doing any zoning changes in town. Mm -hmm. The concern we heard leading up to now was really about downtown. And there may be a scenario in which where we do check a majority of the boxes that the state's looking for, maybe tweak a few things to check off a couple more boxes, and then maybe we do have to look at other areas of the town, and that's okay. Um, and maybe the recommendations that come out in the report may be applicable to other areas outside the study zone as well. Uh, so I just wanted to add those thoughts in there. We're not restricted to downtown zoning changes. It's just the area of focus for right now. Thank you, Jamie. Um, that's what I wanted to say, but my brain wouldn't let me say it, so thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Great minds think <laughs> um, Yeah, I think I think we can use the information we glean in this study for those other spots that Greg is um, that Greg would like to see us look at next. So, um, Kobe. Yeah, thank you. I don't want to lose sight of the the larger picture. What what's frustrated made about the focus on the MBTA Communities Act is it's become about checking a state box, which loses back of the, uh, 
the idea that we actually brought this forward before that was law, right? Mm -hmm. There are, this is a beneficial project to Franklin. Rezoning our downtown is beneficial to Franklin, and that's what we're here about. The state happens to uh, agree with us at, at this point, mm -hmm. but I, I'm less concerned with uh, what their thoughts are, and I'm more concerned about why this is a, a good project for Franklin. The reason why we're, we're focused on the, the downtown and focusing on, on building our density out from the middle out is because it is better for the town's finances, first and foremost. There are other benefits, but every time we build out new infrastructure for houses, that those new uh, buildings don't pay for that infrastructure build out. If we want, this is how we have a $40 million uh, back road and road maintenance um, and an even larger uh, backlog of pipe and other infrastructure uh, maintenance. If we want to right the ship of town finances, we need to grow in places where infrastructure already exists and where we, where we get high return on investment per acre, per uh, piece of infrastructure. That's true in our downtown. In fact, our downtown is the only place uh, that is in the net positive in terms of us getting more back for amount of money uh, that we spend on infrastructure. The reason for focusing on the downtown is because it's better for Franklin. Now, there are, are that, that's the starting point. There are residual benefits around improving walkability, improving uh, commercial downtown in, in a vibrant uh, downtown that we all get to uh, enjoy, uh, improving uh, the sustainability, lowering greenhouse gas emissions, uh, of town, improving uh, accessibility, you know, housing, uh, you know, diverse housing choices and housing near transit so you can live um, without owning a car, without taking as many uh, trips on a car, or you can live in smaller units and be able to access uh, the downtown so that young people and old people uh, can still afford to, to live in our town. There are a whole bunch of other benefits, but the reason why we're focusing on the town and wanting to push for just allowing one more step out of what's currently allowed downtown is because it's beneficial for Franklin. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't want to lose sight of the positives of the project by focusing on what the state's asking us to do. Okay. So do you think, um, how do we make sure that we focus, we do that? So my <clears throat> proposals, and I was happy that they that asked us um, and, and this is what we're, I think we're, we're all somewhat coming to um, in, in agreement on, is there are certain pieces that we love about Franklin. There are certain, uh, you know, the mixed use downtown, all of those buildings um, that have, you know, commercial on the bottom, that go right up to the street, that um, aren't overrun by parking, that have uh, housing above it. Those are beautiful pieces uh, that we all love about Franklin. All those side streets with these gorgeous homes that are uh, duplexes or triplexes or five or sometimes even nine units that are beautiful. All of these exist in Franklin already. We all, they're all, most of our favorite places around Franklin. 
None of that is currently allowed by right. And I think starting by allowing those things that we all enjoy, um, having them be allowed by right is, is where we start. And then can we allow it to just breathe one more step? We just allow the next level of, of density in those areas. It doesn't uh, disrupt the, the uh, neighborhood character that um, so many are concerned of. Um, but it allows more housing diversity downtown. It allows more people to walk uh, downtown. Um, and it, you know, it, it keeps those places um, vibrant and prosperous and has better return on for the town. Okay, I actually, I wanted to know how you thought we could actually make sure that we stay focused on the good things. Like, what do we need to say to people? But I mean, we could, yeah. we could all, we can't say it as passionately as you just did, which is like, we'll, which is, would be really nice if I could, but. I'm serious though. I mean, I think Kobe makes a valid point and he's very passionate about it. And, um, and he, you know, he wants what's best for Franklin. We all live in Franklin. We all want the best thing. Um, so, we do misfoc we do lose our focus sometimes and so maybe we we need to try to um refocus something like right um patrick has a well, maybe a focus on walkability and uh instead of having businesses who just drive in pick up the thing drive out have a place to go out of time talk get a little focus on Oh, you actually popped my name for that. You walk downtown today. Like that. Focus on walkability because I live downtown. I love walking around. Yeah. I love walking to the post office, walking to church, walking everything. So, walkability is a big thing. Helps better people's health. It comes down with housing. And I'd like to see something about uh, focusing on the stores being right up to the street. Because I just, I don't know, I just walked by the Grove, and it was dead bird down the 90s, I think. And they did a good job of building up the street. Imagine if that was pushed back with the parking lot in front. It looks nice the way it is. Yeah. And the same thing with Simons, too. Simons expanded, but they kept the front parking instead of moving out to one floor or something like that. So you mean, uh, you mean that, that uh, there's not just to the street, but there's a sidewalk? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you think of the uh, you want the parking in the back. Yeah. If you think of like the horse man plaza, it's unfortunate they didn't make that wall up in the street and have the parking in the back wall. So you walk so you get people walk on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. I to pick a different town of Bellingham, I went to the Bellingham downtown one. It's like nobody walks on the sidewalk. I walked I when I took the kids to Dairy Green. They went across the street, I thought it was nobody walked and we just drives through like crazy. Hmm. The sidewalks are in bad conditions. Obviously, nobody walks around the other town. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Councilor Jones? I wish there was a family friendly movie theater downtown that everybody could go to and see small shows at. We had one. Oh. That's right. The theater center. Same with the ice cream. That would have been I a think great attraction to have downtown. But. Look, I've listened and heard pretty much what everyone has to say in regards to these changes. So I understand how passionate everyone is about making these types of changes, but really what it comes down to is coming up with some collective ideas that we can all agree on, that we can all agree upon, 
sitting down with the property owners and coming up with some plans as to how we want to move this to downtown Florida. I live downtown. It's, it's a walk from the library. I walk through it every single day. I walk my dog, walk with my wife, with my kids. It is currently a beautiful place to work. Yes. As is. My just to see a trouble. But, you know, little little things that we can add and change as we go along from a council perspective. I think everybody needs to take into consideration the simple fact that our ability to change things lies in our ability to change zoning. We don't have the ability to twist people's arms into doing anything they really don't want to. I mean, it's been sure. multiple times. I was chairman of economic development for years. I've spoken with many of the business owners downtown as well as the property owners. And really what it boils down to is what are we going to do as a community to benefit those who have the ability to make those changes? Yeah. Work with them. That's really what I would like to see come out of this. this thing. Okay. All the ideas are great. And everyone's opinion is absolutely valid. And I really don't want to invalidate anyone's thoughts and opinions on something. But really what this boils down to is coming up with one idea. See, the problem is I think everyone's kind of thinking too big. We need to kind of micro pick this. You know, the analogy I like to use is, is um, uh, Times Square in New York City. Times Square in New York City back in 1978 was one of the largest combat zones there was in the United States until one business moved in, and that was the Disney store. And it started to grow, it started to grow, and it started to grow. Really, what it boils down to is enticing the right types of business to attract the people to the area to make the make it more walkability that's on us, right? And then just add to the ambiance of the downtown so ultimately it attracts more people. That's really what it does. You can't do any of that without having a collaborator the collaboration and cooperative with the property and the business owners of the downtown. Just that's the point. What other businesses would you suggest, Glenn, other than That's a good question. Yeah. That, you know, that's not right. since I've been since I've lived in Franklin, which is a pretty long time. We've yeah. had grocery stores. We've yeah. had three grocery stores in the downtown. Yeah. Stop and shop at A and B and Budgets. Yeah. Was the Star Market downtown at one point too? I don't think so. No. No. Uh, I can tell you what we got a lot less of now than we had before downtown. Bar rooms. We had a few more bar rooms downtown than what exists currently now. Uh, we had the hardware store. I think it was a Firestone store or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, another hardware store that went into where the old stop shop was with. Uh, Barry Insurance is. We had JJ Newberg. Well, I had to remind Jamie actually was a resident of town one time. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was hoping you were going to give me a chance to repeat myself. <laughs> well, I think he's still poking at me. I don't. I don't think this is really about what um, types of businesses. It's more about the types of buildings that can get built in the town, in the center of town. Council Frangillo made an excellent point when he said that the things that we love are not, we cannot be built because it's not by right. So I think those are the changes we should be looking at and focusing on, that that's what we can do. Like, that's what we're here for. That's why we're here. We can like, that's, that's what we, that's what this is about, right? So, so well, the chairman of the landlord's here. <laughs> can I, well, uh, Jamie was gonna have a, he yeah. was like looking oh, at that. Then we'll go over to yeah, yeah, we'll go over to Greg, and then Beth's gonna. Yeah. Jamie, um, I'm just gonna say I think, uh, Madam Chair, I think at some point, to that point,
you know, when the report comes out, which will have a lot of information, it'll take a long time to digest. Mm -hmm. This steering committee may want to just kind of define uh, define the problems, right? Um, and then maybe some goals, achievable goals to define those problems. Affordable housing is 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 a little bit getting lost in a lot of this, um, which is what the state incentivized, and I respect the opinion that we shouldn't necessarily do, we're not just gonna do what the state necessarily wants us to do. Um, just because they want us to do it doesn't mean it's the right thing for Franklin. But affordable housing was really generally one of the issues that was uh, that has always been spoken about about downtown. Um, and I think the types of businesses that were attracted to downtown has also been a problem. Um, and then I think maybe the group you know, uh, down the road can just talk about those things. Maybe to help focus the conversation so we're not necessarily going off into all these tangents about what people want. That, I mean, a movie theater would be really cute. It is doable, but it's it's a it, it's a long, long track to get an investor to put in a movie theater. I don't know if people would go. Um, I don't know how many movie theaters exist anymore. Um, and so that may or may not be something that we could do or we couldn't do. Uh, but I do think that at some point we're going to have to, as a group for Franklin, define what is the problem, what are the goals we're trying to achieve, and try to apply the solutions to that problem and those goals. Because um, everybody's alluded to this. Um, it, this is a, <laughs> it's a very dense, a very thick topic. I mean, it can be construed in a lot of different ways. So uh, just a couple thoughts. Thank you, Manager. Okay, thank you, Jamie. Um, Greg, Greg, you wanted to? Sure, yeah, I, I just wanted to take Glenn's point a little father like I think at one point when we spoke about tax incentives like trying to get businesses downtown do we promote like a tax incentive to try to clean up some of the buildings that are downtown therefore people would probably potentially try to move in I know the rents are high from right here but make it a little more attractive you may you may get those one or two businesses that want to start moving into downtown and you start revitalizing that way too so I mean that could be another alternative uh, way of approaching it too yeah, that's a good point to um, to think of of incentivizing people. Like it's also like about affordable housing. It's about how do we make the buildings like in different areas look the way we want, and we might have to give um, somebody some credit for that, right? So I think that's I think that is a definitely a great idea too. I'm gonna go to Beth. Thanks, Mel. So I didn't really hear what Greg said, but was he talking about um, incentives for putting affordable housing? Um, no, for cleaning up like uh, businesses, storefronts, trying to okay. get the property owners involved, like Glenn was saying, like the EDCs have problems with them, so sure. kind of get them to the table that way. It may, okay. uh, they may think differently. Gotcha. So, Mel, I guess um, you were asking earlier, what are some things that we would like to see out of this? Um, for me, in our downtown specifically, I'd like to see um, what a density would look like. Um, what does it mean if you're going to have 15 units you know, per acre? Um, how does that lay out in our current downtown? So if we were to say, um, on one of the side streets here, want to put, um, you know, a, a building in between two houses or something. How would that lay out, and how would that impact the abutters? So, what would that look like for, for that density, in say Dina or School Street or something to that effect? If somebody bought a lot and wanted to put up a building, how would that look? Um, I'd also like to see um, what 
people envision the height in our downtown looking like. So um, I've seen a lot of people reference how much they love the old fashioned look of the postcards that um, people have been finding around town. And when I look at those postcards and people comment saying, oh, I love how that looks, look at those storefronts. I noticed one specific thing is that um, those storefronts are not five story tall, they're one or two stories tall. So do people love the look of the one or two story tall buildings or do they really want to see in our downtown four and five stories, which seems to be coming across in discussions about first floor retail, second, third, fourth floor with you know apartments and and business and office space. So so what is it that they love about that old tone downtown feel? The storefronts and the one story, two stories, or a vision for the future of a really tall downtown? Um, what is that? Um, and how does that change our downtown if we do have four or five stories? And if it is, as, as Councilor uh, Frangillo mentioned, something that he wants to see our downtown zoning all by right, and if something is four or four or five stories tall, what does that mean? What are we changing? How are the shadows going to look? Um, what is our new downtown going to look like? Um, just curious about that. Um, and, uh, you know, things are different in today's day and age versus when those old time postcards happened. There's a lot of big box stores, a lot of businesses that don't come into downtown anymore. So how do you draw those kind of businesses to us? Um, how do we get that feel um, and how do we make those businesses, instead of wanting to go to a big box for your videos or go to a bookstore, come downtown now. How do we get our um, Franklin Downtown Partnership and more involved to, um, which are, is a wonderful resource for our businesses and our, our you know, planning office. How do we get the resources for them to be able to participate and be more active in promoting the spaces that are downtown and support them? Um, those are the things I'd like to see. I think that's super important in this process. Okay, Beth, I think um, I agree that it would be nice to see that those are like really good ideas for modeling. Like this is what um, a four story by right would look like if everybody redid, you know, I think that's, is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. How does that look in our downtown? You know, uh, it, it just is really impactful to see what it looks like. You might, you might think you're going to like that, but are you really going to want a downtown full of five story buildings? Right, I think um, Council Frangillo wanted to respond to you. I, I just want to make it clear that, that we're in somewhat agreement that, that four or five, you know, they asked for the uh, recommendations and two to three stories is the current uh, look that we have and I think that where we should uh, continue to move forward and we should only ever go higher is if we're going to, uh, at this point, if we're going to get uh, something back for you know affordability or some, some other uh, incentive. I, I would push back, uh, I, I, would, I think you would be hard pressed to find many examples where uh, in, in the old postcards where we had one stories that are now multiple stories. I think uh, most of the changes were two to three story buildings that are now one story buildings or more often now parking lots or parking lots in front or vacant sure. lots. Um, so I, I agree that uh, anything above uh, three stories would be departing from the, the view. 
Um, I, I would. I think we're looking at, at different postcards and somehow going to one story uh, no better matching. No, just curious. I mean, I, I just whether it's one or two or three stories, um, you know, just curious because I haven't really heard what people are actually envisioning. I've heard some people, developers say they want four stories or five stories. I've heard some people say, you know, two stories or three stories, but what is it? What is the magic number and what does it look like? I think um, that is why we're doing this, right? Yeah. To find yeah. out what the magic number is, to have to have um, <clears throat> models made so we can see. And um, I, you know, personally, I don't like the idea of a five five floors unless it's as Council Frangelo said, unless it maybe it has affordable housing in it, or it's in a certain spot where it won't shut shadow other things um, maybe there's a green space beside it like you know we so um, I I think I don't I'm not gonna assume that I know what everybody on the on the board on the steering committee thinks um, but they can they can chime in if they if they were thinking of four or five stories if they want Council Jones we can we can set the zone. <clears throat> we can we can. Sorry, Clint, we can't can't hear you at home. I think you're talking a little louder. Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> we can we can set the zoning. We already currently have it up to five stories right, by special permit. Right, I know that. Anyways, um, but like anything, everything always boils down to marketability. You know, people have to build these buildings. Buildings cost a lot of money to build. Somebody's not going to go investing into a multi-story building without the promise of some kind of a return. It's just that. So, yeah. You know, it, you, it, it's it's nice to to make these things attractive to people, but as far as attractive as we can make it as a community, it really boils down to what the what the resaleability of anything is that's built. I mean, really, a what's its purpose? A what's its purpose? B, what's the ultimate goal? Meaning, like, is it going to be mixed use with condos, or is it going to be a community center, or is it going to be business? Mm -hmm. Right? And, and, and three, um, what's the person going to benefit from who's going to ultimately put all that money and resources into making something like that? Right. One of the things that the downtown has a difficult time doing is promising those who are downtown consistent business. Business that will ultimately help grow their pockets because really that's what this boils down to is, is trying to create uh, an atmosphere where the people who are building the buildings are reaping enough benefits that they continue to invest into these types of products. So I mean where does it start? We can we start by offering that making these things available, incentivizing ways for them to do these things if they so choose to do so do so and then get some community feedback as to what ultimately we would like to do, what we would like to see and its goal and its ultimate purpose is. That's really what this boils down to. One of the things that I was just looking at on my phone is that Clark University, it's a building at Clark University, that's a five-story multi-use alumni building that they built that's all glass, it's glass columns, it's got beautiful banners on it, and it is intended, and it's, it's packed into a really tight space that is immediately across the street from a building that dates back to 1897. You know, it's kind of a combination of mixed 
and old and new mixed together, and it is a multi-story building for the purposes of the alumni and the students. But it, it, it's just a classic example of how we, we just want to be careful not to limit ourselves. Because by saying, okay, we want things to be two stories to try to keep that nostalgic perspective of the downtown, that's all nice, but are we really thinking like the city that we are? I mean, we're, we're a major city with a, with a major college in it that itself wants to grow. And what we do has not only an impact on the community as a whole, but has an impact on the college, which in and of itself brings quite a few um, resources to the community. So we, we have to think big picture here and stop thinking little town. We're not little town, frankly. We're a big city. We need to start thinking like a city. Okay. <clears throat> okay, thank you. Madam Chairman, if I may, point of order. Um, who is it? Who is it? Can you state your name and address? Rick only Chestnut Street, ma'am. Okay, right. Um, Glenn, I apologize for interrupting you. No, no worries, sir. Um, I, I just wanted to mention something that's been an ongoing thing for quite some time. Your microphone, Glenn, is terrible. My, my, my microphone's terrible. Well, I'm sorry, but if you were at home, home listening on TV, I can hear you perfectly through my telephone. But now, how this works, I don't know. But when I listen to it on the television at home, Glenn comes in and out, in and out, in and out. One of the speakers where, um, there's a couple of speakers in the room where it's totally broken up, so you just can't follow the meeting. Um, but that's where, I mean, again, I, I spoke to this last meeting I was at, I spoke to the gentleman in the sound room and he was gonna talk to uh, Franklin TV about it, but it doesn't seem like it's been addressed because it continues. Um, if I may, on, on the downtown, while I have the floor, uh, I can tell you one thing that was, was important to the downtown in the good times, and that was we had a police department that was in the downtown. We had police officers on feet on foot. We had police officers uh, in front of the folks making the, the town seem friendly, welcoming, welcoming and uh, uh, those were the days, I guess I'll say, for those old guys like us and me and Bruce and others in that room that remember those days, the days of A&P and Newberry and such. Um, I, for one, and many of my senior friends, excuse me, would love to see the police station in the old school building where we had, we had the police close to the downtown and welcoming, uh, welcoming our downtown folks. And then at that time, and I, and I know there's a lot, it's not looked at under a lot of people's uh, light that it's a good place for the police station. Uh, they'd like to see it as affordable housing. I'm not against that, but uh, I do think it'd be better as a beautiful $30 million police station rather than out, out in the outskirts somewhere. Um, then using that as a cornerstone to your new downtown projects that a lot of you folks want to see happy, Colby and others, and I get it. Uh, you want to save our downtown, I get it. Um, I just hope that going forward that that school building will be considered as a police station and that it will work towards welcoming people to our, to our 140 school district uh, and you'll save your downtown. You'll get the best of both. Thank you for listening to One Man's Opinion, and, and, and good luck to what you're trying to do. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. That was, um, that was 
Um, thank you for that, your opinion. That was good. Um, I have. Let's see. Um, Councilor Frangelo, you want to? I'm just going to get back to the process. Yes. So it's my understanding that MAPC at this forum is presenting, essentially presenting the steering committee recommendations in a public forum that allows, but my, my lens of it is that we've hired out MAPC to give the steering committee uh, recommendations and then we, EDC, uh, takes what they've said, develops it, and passes on our recommendations to the council. Council passes it on to the planning board, planning board back to council, and then we move uh, forward from that. But the recommendations from uh, MAPC, I just want to make it clear, slash get um, confirmation, that that's not what's being passed on to the council on behalf of EDC. That's being passed on to us to then um, iterate on it uh, before passing it on, before passing on recommendations. Yes. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, so um, I think the, the MAPC will put together, that we're gonna do, Amy will talk, will, will give us another description about what the form is gonna be like, but I, I envision it as they wanna say these are the, like some big ideas, what does everybody think about it? And then we get more recommendation. We get that gets added to the recommendations, or maybe they get um, changed a little bit and organized a little bit differently. So then we get it to look at to then decide what we think we can do to the EDC, and we work on that, and then we bring it to the council. Great. Um, but maybe Amy can give us a little more information about what the forum and when it is and and um, how people can join it and all that fun stuff. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, yeah, so the forum is uh, March, uh, March, May 16th. Uh, the doors open at 6 at the Black Box. It'll start at 630. Uh, it is a hybrid format, so you can go on Franklin for All um, and register whether you, we're trying to get kind of a head count if you're going to be on Zoom or if you're going to be in person. Um, but it is open to anybody even if you don't register. So we do hope to see uh, a lot of people that, that can provide feedback. Um, MAPC will be presenting, they'll be presenting um, an overview of some of the zoning recommendations that um, they will be recommending for the town in a draft format. Um, so, and from that, they'll take feedback from the public that night as well um, to kind of put together something more final um, and have the steering committee review it. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. Amy, is, is Emma going to actually be there this time or is she still going to be on Zoom? Um, she will be there. Okay. Thank she you. will be there. That's good. That'll be good. Craig? Uh, when do we expect the packets? There's a lot of information to go through prior to the mm -hmm. meeting. Do we expect them within? Three or four days, or oh, I don't think I didn't hear anybody say when we were getting packed. <laughs> well, we will. Well, I, I think I think it was. It's I one of the it. things we would like to be able to have the information. It'd be good to have to be able to to possible. Yeah. Or a good choice. Or whatever they compiled out of the yeah. They already gave us something right. like that. Some of it, yeah. Right. Right. So I just didn't know if there was any additional information we would be cautious of it. So. 
Yeah, you'll be receiving some information um, prior to the meeting, um, probably mainly along the lines of what's going to be presented that night, so you know what's going to be presented that night from the recommendations. Mm -hmm. Melanie, just yeah. one other thing if we're getting into concepts. There's got to be a way to streamline the process, in my opinion. It's, it's great that you can have a commercial on the first floor, second, third, fourth, whatever you want, you can have a pass, but you need a special permit. If you've got a developer coming in, the developer's going to say, geez, I can go to they could go to another town and they could say, hey, look at you know, we can do this over here, we can build a four-story building. As long as we got commercial on the first floor, we can build residential on the top, and we don't have to go through the process. Because uh, you know, the planning board takes it as a fact that, you know, well, we gotta give you a special permit, so you have to do exactly what we said. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, it slows down the process quite a bit. You know, I, I agree with you. I, there's an example right on East Central Street of how slow the process is because of the special permit criteria. I, I agree with you, and I think that was one of the, um, <laughs> that was, but, but, that was, but that's a planning board thing. Um, I think that was one of the questions that um, we answered at the very beginning of this process was like, what would you like to see? And I think a lot of people said, we'd like to, the process to be easier and streamline it. And I think that is, should be a focus. Uh, thank you for agreeing with me. I agree with you, all of you. You've never heard me call and say I disagree with you. Yeah, never. But just you don't call me. No, no, actually, it's but okay. Just, it's okay, you guys. But just for one point, yeah. on the uh, planning board side, yep. um, special permit will will help the neighboring houses, the people, and everybody in that general area with special permit. That's one way to control it, actually. To, so you don't Greg, get a five-story structure. Can't, can't hear you at home, Greg. Sorry, I can't oh, hear you. Sorry. Um, what, I, what I was trying to say was special permit will help control those neighborhoods that you everybody so likes. It, you don't want to just get a five-story building right next to a one-story structure. You want it to fit within the area. By having special permit, you have a little bite of the apple to what happens there, how many stories, and if it fits the neighborhood. And, and I think that's a huge... Um, piece of the puzzle that you can't let go. But if it's zoned by right, those single family houses were put in the zone where they probably didn't belong, but the town, in fact, approved that zone. So those people are coming in with these developments, they expect it, they go by the board and they say, well, geez, we can do this, 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 and this, but yeah, we need a special permit. And that's where the crack comes in. I'm just telling you this. I think, no, I no, think, I yeah. I think we both have valid points here. We're, and that's, that's the tricky part, right? That's why we have to be able to talk about it and discuss it. No, and come I up. I, could I comment too that I think the special permit issue is a whole other subject where maybe reviewing those uses that require a special permit is a whole other subject because some that might require special permits just simply don't need it. But there are uses that probably do require a special permit and perhaps an applicant coming in that submits a plan or um, you know uh, something that requires a special permit if it was a complete application that met all the requirements for a special permit and it was very cut and dry the process would go very smoothly and very quickly but when you have a special permit application that isn't cut and dry sometimes the process does take a little longer to make sure all the application is you know qualified and complete and reviewed and processed 
and all the appropriate people review, um, such as traffic engineers or you know, if it's wetlands issues, things do take time. It's not going to be rubber stamped. Um, so, you know, that's just the way of doing things sometimes, but you will have projects that go quickly. And it's not a matter of fact that they're going to go to Bellingham um, because they have to do a special permit because they're not going to get something handed to them. So I think that the special permit criteria can be reviewed for certain uses, but there are applicants, if they want to put things in the correct way, they'll get their permits. You do? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Beth. I think Jamie has one more comment, and then I think we need to wrap it up. Through you, Madam Chair. This is the discussion that has to continue. Yes. This is it right here about special permits by right. Um, mm -hmm. To Kobe's point earlier, um, you know, visualize what it is you want, incentivize that by right or through financial incentives, depending on commercial resident, whatever the dynamic is and maybe make it more difficult on a special permit for things that are unique or that maybe don't fit in perfectly. But this discussion uh, between Bruce and Greg and Beth and everybody on special, this is what we hear about a lot at the staff level. And I just wanted to point out, this is the kind of um, you know, meaty discussion I think that has to take place in the weeks and months after we get the report and we have digested it and we've seen the recommendations and talked about it. These are ultimately the very, very difficult, very complicated um, discussions that have to happen, which is very difficult for the public, as we all know, because it, it is a lot of expertise that goes into knowing this stuff. But making those decisions is really probably, especially in special permits, probably one of the key things to this whole process. Um, and so I just, I liked it, so I had to point it out that <laughs> I like this debate, because this is, yeah. And this yeah. is also why we have the people on the board that we have. These are the folks that know this stuff really, really well and experienced it and been through it for decades. And um, I just hope we can have more conversations like this uh, you know, in the future after the next uh, forum. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. I mean, that this is exactly what, why yeah. I wanted to do this today. Yeah. Um, so thank you all for being candid. And today. I mean, we need to know everyone's opinion so we can sort through what happens. It'll be very interesting, I think, when we, we're at that forum, when we get to see some of the recommendations, maybe some modeling would be really nice. Um, and with that, I will accept a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Second. Um, I'm going to do a roll call vote. Wherley? Yes. Rondo? Yes. Hunter? Yes. Sheridan? Yes. Rangelo? Yes. Jones? Chair? Yes. Thank you. Good night, everyone. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts 
for Franklin Matt.